There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I hope you're already subscribed to the podcast. Uh, you can do so on iTunes or wherever you may podcast. Uh, but if you're not, uh, you're missing some good stuff because uh, we have a number of great guests. Uh, one new interview every week uh, with a sports figure, a political figure, an entertainer, media personality, whatever. And then on uh, Wednesdays, we'll have questions from the audience or some kind of, uh, as we have recently, a PGA Championship uh, retrospective uh, and uh, State of the Cardinals with Derek Gould. Subscribe to the podcast. If you could leave a positive review, we got some uh, good stuff going on. And we're very grateful to our sponsors who make all of this possible. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies is our guest sponsor. And what a guest we have for you today here on the Inside STL Podcast Network. An hour-long conversation with the Hall of Famer, Ozzy Smith. And, um, you know, th- this one, I-, I guess it's irresponsible, but it's worked. So I'm going to continue to do it. And I know there's a strategy to it. When we do these interviews, um, I don't type out questions, write out questions. I have an idea of the direction I want to take it. And it's a conversation and so if, you, if you're like, somebody gives an answer, and then they're talking about one thing, and then it, I, they've just answered the question, and then I ask a totally different question, they got to be like, you're not even listening to me. Piss off. So what winds up happening is we wind up having a conversation that wanders into a variety of places that I don't necessarily expect to go. And once again, that happened here, and uh, I loved this. I loved this interview. Um Ozzie Smith, of course, one of the greatest defensive players to ever play the game of baseball. Ozzie Smith, a world champion in 1982, a National League pennant winner in 85 and 87, and one game from winning the National League pennant with the 1996 Cardinals. Um, And, of course, we're talking Cardinal baseball. We're talking stolen bases. We're talking defense. We're talking hitting. It was great. not, Not the angles that you would necessarily expect us to be discussing. It was great. And then also got into the state of the Cardinals in 2018 and what has transpired with Mike Schilt and really giving reasons as to why uh, he believes the Cardinals have, at least as of this moment, turned it around. Um, Which really is, you know, you're getting it from somebody who's been in the trenches who can see things that the rest of us can't see because he has the Hall of Fame eyes and has been part of great teams. So all of that is there. You know, another part of the discussion that I really enjoyed um, was free agency. The Cardinals not necessarily getting free agents here recently or having players turn down coming here or staying here is the case with Hayward, uh, the John Carlos Stanton thing, and then getting into Dexter Fowler because I knew that he had gone out to dinner with Dexter Fowler before Fowler even played a game in St. Louis and talked to him about St. Louis, and then we kind of got in into that. And so... I don't know. I really like this one. I, I know I, I I haven't done one where I go, you know what, this one sucks, but listen anyway. But I really, really like this one. I think you'll really, really like it too. It was super insightful, uh, super passionate, entertaining. And then also, as we start out with, we talk PGA Championship because somehow, and you'll hear how, Ozzie Smith was one of the main reasons why St. Louis hosted the 100th PGA Championship at Belle Reve. Yeah, it sounds bizarre, but uh, you probably heard a little bit about that the week of the PGA Championship. But he gave a backstory on it, and then also his love for the game of golf, talking about that final round Sunday and uh, his experiences, his game, why he's so passionate about it. It was, I don't know. This this was this was this was this was one of my favorites uh, so far, and I ho- I hope you enjoy it as well. Uh, I knew I wanted to have Ozzy on, but it was um, it was even better than I. Had, uh, t- had hope, so I'm looking forward to you getting a chance to listen to it. It's all from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly 
Without Ryan Kelly, there is no podcast. There is no interview with take your pick of the ones that you've enjoyed the most because I'm telling you, if there are no advertisers, if there are no sponsors, there is no podcast. So that's why I ask people to support the sponsors because that's what keeps the ship sailing. Ryan Kelly is online at thehomeloanexpert.com. That's why it's thehomeloanexpert.com studios. And uh, last year when my sister bought uh, her home, I said, listen, I don't know who you're thinking about going through. I said, I'm just telling you, you're my sister. I love you. I want you to make sure that you are being taken care of at the best possible place. And that's Ryan Kelly. Uh, I don't hesitate to send family members to Ryan Kelly. And therefore, I don't hesitate to send our listeners to Ryan Kelly. Whether you're buying a home, whether you're refinancing, a cash out refi, whatever it is, you want to do business with thehomeloanexpert.com. The business isn't growing if he's not treating people right and saving the money. And Ryan Kelly continues to grow. You may have heard his story in an episode about a month ago. Uh, It's a hell of a story. It's a hell of an entrepreneurial story. The guy gets the business. And as I said, when I was doing the intro for the Ryan Kelly interview, I said, you know, everybody knows about his injury, uh, not energy, energy. Everybody knows about his energy. How can you miss it? But as I'm listening to him talk, you also go, God, this guy really knows the business. He is sharp. And uh, that's conveyed. And that's why he's able to save people money. Plus his philanthropy just got done climbing the Grand Teton for the fourth annual climb for the kids to raise money for a bunch of charities. That's what you're, that's the person you're dealing with uh, at the Home Loan Expert. Uh, Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert, online at thehomeloanexpert.com. So the sponsor of our studios, Ozzie Smith, kind enough to come into the studios, face-to-face interview, talking it over. A lot of Cardinal baseball discussion. Some good stuff on, like I said, Dexter Fowler, free agents in St. Louis, a uh, perception of St. Louis for free agents, Jim Edmonds and the Hall of Fame, and that vote which confused the hell out of him. Um, and and then also what we start out with here, uh, and that is the PGA Championship and the game of golf and his love for it and his role in bringing the PGA Championship to St. Louis. Ozzy, a pleasure, an honor. Thank you so much for coming in. No, Tim, thank you for having me. Yeah, I, uh, I know everybody wants to hear me talk baseball with you, but i got to start with golf. I got to. I'm still on a high from the PGA Championship. We're all we're all on a high, and you know what? Looking at that, looking back at that week, one of the most exciting weeks. If you're a golf, well, even if you're not a golf yeah. fan, you know it had to be exciting for the city. And it was a, a combination of a lot of people doing a lot of work to to bring something like this to us. You know, when when we started talking about this, maybe eight, almost ten years ago. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was it was quite a while ago, and in the meantime, we had accepted the senior championship, uh, twenty thirteen, yep. right? And so, to have the opportunity to to host a, uh, the one hundredth, not just the championship, but the one hundredth PGA Championship, and get a chance to see the world's best was uh, that was a special week. I mean, so where were you on Sunday? Um, I was parked on number two. Where I could see uh, number eleven. Yeah, number two is a nice spot. And, uh, two and three, and I was there for a couple of days, and then um, then I would make my way to eighteen. So uh, those two spots I thought were the best spots to be able to see all of the action, and uh, it turned out pretty good. So were you there for Tiger on eighteen and the birdie? I was. I was. It was. Um, I, I think most of the people <laughs> worked their way down there. You know, after I saw him. After he teed off on three, then I made my way down to 18 and, you know, got myself in position because I knew that the excitement and stuff that had been created and just the mere fact that he was there on Sunday and had a chance. Didn't have to win it, but he had a chance. And his last two um, tournaments, you know, he's shown that we we keep thinking, well, he's back, he's back, he's back, and then he and, and, and it doesn't work out. I think that you can see that even when it doesn't, he's still the dial. He's still the... He's the needle. He's the needle, he's the that, needle. That, that makes it work, and he's good for golf, and uh, it was great to see him here for a full week. All I wanted to see, and especially after the first two holes, I'm sure you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, number That's 10, right. he bogeys, which a lot of people did, but number, they're going to water I'm going to tell you, number 10, first of all, very tough hole. Tough hole is a five. It's, much a, less a, it's four. a it's a par it's a par five for for most of us. Right, and they turn it into a par four. But if you're not in the fairway, you're not gonna and you gotta hit it. You you gotta hit it straight. Yeah. And if you don't hit it straight and you end up in the rough, you gotta chip out. 
especially at eight thirty in the morning. That's right. Where it's going to be where a little the ball's not carrying yeah. and and stuff. And you know, he's been erratic with his driver. And I've always uh, I, it's been my contention that I don't think he has the right shaft because that thing just keeps it just keeps going right, right, right. Mm-hmm. At some point in time, with all the technology and stuff today, which from a technology standpoint, you see he changed his putter. Yes, which he is did. the right thing, which was the right thing to do. And I think that he was he was one of those guys that was reluctant, one of those old school guys that were reluctant to change. But you got to change with the times. And I think that he sees that now. He realizes that. And hopefully um, he'll get the get this shaft thing right, because, you know, when you're losing it to the right like that all the time then mechanics and, and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that plays a big part. But still. You got to have the right equipment, yeah, and I think his, so, his equipment is a little inferior. So huge equipment uh, in the game. I, I I just wanted to see him in the red on Sunday, mm-hmm. but I never thought, especially after those first two holes, and he lost three strokes to the field uh, on those first two holes, that he would be making the charge. I happen to be greenside for number nine where he hit the birdie, mm-hmm. and then he stuck the shot on fifteen. Well, you could feel it. I mean, oh. you could feel it around the course, and of course, we had the television there on eighteen, so. You start hearing all the roars. And, you know, it's like it's off in a distance, and then all of a sudden it gets closer. It gets closer, and there's a there's an excitement that, that happens when when he's in, in the hunt on Sunday. And, and, he, and you get a fist pump, too. And oh, yeah. you, you never get a fist pump when he doesn't win. You got that's a right. fist pump on the 72nd Seven, hole. That's right. And then he walks across, and I'm telling you. That bridge was amazing. Wasn't that the best? That, that was, was the a, shot of the tournament. That was it. That was it. The only thing that was lacking right there, Tim, was stopping and enjoying the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that if he stops right there, that's a shot for the ages. Yeah. Because there was a sea of people and showing their appreciation for what he brings to the sport. Do you I, do you know him in any way? I, no, I, mean, I don't know him that him. way. We've, we've met on several occasions, and actually Jackie Joyner and I were um, there on the last practice, Wednesday. Okay. So we got to see him and take a picture with him on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But um, not like that. He I, he doesn't allow himself to to re- get real close to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once that incident came up, it, he, he really... Uh, really shut down. Yeah, really shut yeah, down, you know, so, which is unfortunate. So throughout that whole week, we kept hearing Ozzy Smith played a huge role in this. <laughs> and honestly, I had no idea. So... What 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 did you do? <laughs> I mean, you must be like yeah. Don Corleone at golf. <laughs> you got the hundred PGA Championship to say Try and stay in the in the background. Now, <laughs> as I said earlier, you know it was it, it was everybody. It was the great uh, membership, Bell Reeve. It was people like Ed Glotzbach, Mike Nicola. Uh, one guy that I think that his name's not mentioned a whole lot. His name is Joe Starenka, and Joe Starenka. Uh, when we originally talked about getting the championship here, was the CEO of the PGA at the time, mm-hmm. big baseball fan, okay. and I think this is where, this is where we got lucky. Being the baseball fan, he took a chance on St. Louis because of his relation. Well, because of our relationship, he saw what I was trying to do with uh, the PGA Reach Foundation. Um, which is an organization I became president of eight, nine years ago uh, with the help of a guy who got me involved in golf by the name of Mike Murphy, an old pro around the area, who asked me to be a part of bringing awareness to golf here in this area and trying to help grow it. I had given thoughts of going back to San Diego, and uh, he said, you know what, just give give, give give this thing a try. And I said, president, you know, I said, I don't, I don't want the responsibility of being a president because, you know, it's just too much time. I, I like my time (laughs) and I'm, and I'm trying to get better at the game too, you know, so I don't want to have it consume all my time. He says, no, you don't, you don't have to do that. We need a face. And so through that, um, and, and through the meeting with the PGA, we were able to, um, leverage the, the 2013, senior championship and we told them if we take the 2013 that we'd like to be considered for the 100th and um joe Steranka called us one day and said hey you know 
you guys got the 100th PGA Championship. So it was through that relationship and the conversations and things that we had that we were able to land uh, one of the, the biggest championships in in St. Louis history. Yeah. And it, it was great. But like I say, it was it was everybody contributing. You know, um, Josh Riley, who was the executive director at the time, who as a, like a third base coach has moved on to bigger and better things with the PGA. Um, so Allie Wells has taken his place. So when people are moving up like that, that's that's what you want. It means you're doing good things. Our long range goal with um, PGA Reach and Reach being um, the the name now that has that the PGA has adopted that actually started here with people like the GM at the time was Jeffrey Creefel, okay. who was going on to congressional. So you see, our people are are graduating, going on to bigger yeah. and better things. Yeah. But there are people that were very instrumental in in uh, landing the helping us land the championship here. You know, he sat in his basement one weekend and came up with the concept and idea because what the PGA wanted was they wanted a plan, which was amazing to me that they didn't already have a plan that cities that vie for championships have a guideline by which you can bring the community, the, the business and sport all together to create something that's going to be lasting long be, beyond the championship. Right. You're, you're reaching beyond the age of 18 as far as kids are concerned. You're reaching beyond the, 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 the championship itself or something that you can leave behind that other cities can, can uh, pattern themselves after and, and, and make it something special. And so uh, hence we came up with the name PGA Reach and um, our long-range goal is to build a nine-hole multi-recreational golf facility that has other legs and components, and, and we'll, we'll talk about how it's grown, that would give kids the opportunity. It would, it would expose them to not only the game of golf, but the business of golf, while at the same time, the most important part of it being education. Yeah. Yeah. Getting a good education. And we feel that the longer we can keep them, keep kids in school, hopefully the better citizens we're able to produce. And in producing better citizens, hopefully you, you, you build a better community with the idea that, hey, they understand the importance of respect and being able to give back. Because the greatest asset in life is the ability to give back. Yeah. The game does teach you that in, in some capacity. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why it's experiencing a resurgence is a, the number of the young, charismatic, American in particular, but certainly international players as well. Certainly. They're likable. Yes. I saw the other day the, the impact of what, what we did. The other day I had a chance to go out and play Bell Reeve the other evening. And it was a beautiful thing because there were four young kids about two holes in front of us. They were all carrying their own bags bags sometimes bigger than they are <laughs> and i said now this is what we're th these are the people we're trying to reach in, mm -hmm. in in growing the game and you know i've fallen in love with the game since i retired in 96 and and stuff so uh for me growing up in south central los angeles i was never exposed to the game and not not just the game itself but the business as well and uh, people can kids will find out that you know this is a great way to make a living that's what i i, I was wondering yeah growing up in south central la i can't mm -hmm. imagine there were a whole lot of uh no guys playing no i was never exposed to it and really didn't pick up a golf club until i retired really you mike didn't even Murphy. play when you were like no 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 you weren't on the mike shannon tour which goes on throughout <laughs> <laughs> throughout cardinal road no <laughs> i was never never exposed to it but as i've gotten or fallen in love with the game i realized that it's something that if kids given the opportunity, especially when they're young. And a lot of guys that, that play today started playing when they were young. And a lot of the guys that I play against when I'm in Tahoe are guys that, that yeah. they've been playing golf all of their lives, mm -hmm. you know. So I've been playing catch-up. Um, and, and playing catch-up, you get a lot of calluses because you got to hit a lot of balls. Hey, and I spent a lot of time, uh, just like I did with baseball, hitting a lot of balls and and it's not until you hit three or 4,000 balls that you even start making any sense to yeah, you. Yeah. You know, learning what ball flight is, what, uh, how to flight the ball, all of those things that um, are very time-consuming, and you have to have an understanding of what you're doing. And um, I love it. I love, the, I love the, the therapeutic part of hitting balls. 
I love hitting balls too. I, I, I love can't it. get enough of them. You're right, and you got to love the process. And it's just a, it's a real. And I got to be careful when I say this because I said this uh, with some of the interviews that I've done. It's a sickness. It's a disease. Mm-hmm. And my niece says to my girlfriend, she goes, "Do you guys have something to tell me?" <laughs> she says, "What do you mean?" She says, "Well, does Uncle Oz have a disease?" So, so, you know, the disease is the love that we have for the sport. Uh, my for, wife would the, say I have a disease as yeah, well based on how much time I'm... It yeah. really is a sickness, you know, because you can wake up at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And, 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 and I have the luxury of being able to go downstairs. You know, uh-huh. something hits you. Uh-huh. You know, go downstairs and say, oh, do, does that work my... My, you know, always trying to get your hands. You can see me out at dinner sometimes, and maybe and you're I'm working on the grip. Working on my grip, because sometimes it's just like baseball. It, it your grip has to be comfortable. That's where it starts. You know, at at, at at grip, it's like when Arnold Palmer's dad told him, he said, "Don't let, ever let anybody change your your grip." Oh, really? That grip is very very important. So, I get uncomfortable some sometimes, and you know, when you do something a lot. It can be confusing, you know. So you got to know when to when to when to back off, and you got to understand the yeah. things that work and the things that don't. Yeah. And you got to remember them. At this moment, what is your handicap? When I'm playing well, probably a four. Okay. Um, and I've been stuck at that for a long time. But as you know, that's that's just learning the the, the short game. You know, part of what I do with my short game is I don't think my arm stays extended long enough. Or I don't trust keeping it, keeping it like so that. Like just chipping and pitching, chipping and pitching, and and pitching because the game of golf is nothing more than missing closer. Mm. Well, that's you a gotta, nice little summary there. You yeah. gotta learn how to miss closer, and that's what pros do. They miss closer. Aim we miss, small, miss ball. I think that's a George Spieth thing. Yeah, so which he probably took from somebody else. From somebody else. Yeah. We we you know we steal everybody's yeah, stuff. But but you know my idea is that hey I've got to if I'm not making putts then I gotta I gotta miss closer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make those putts easier to make. So why do you think you're so into the game of golf? Is it is it filling the competitive void? That's it. It's, yeah. It fills a competitive void in our lives because when you do something for 19, 20 years, there is definitely a void in your life when you're, when you're away from it. So with golf, you're competing against yourself. You know, I, I know I can do this. Mm-hmm. You're competing against the people you're playing, and you're competing against the golf course itself. So all of that's wrapped up into getting yourself to a point to where you're comfortable and you're not embarrassing yourself when you're asked to play in tournaments. Yeah. Were you embarrassing yourself when you first went out there? I mean, because you're used to, I mean, you're all no, fame or you're out there. Well, you... see, the expectation, you know, because you, you were good at something else, people expect you to be able to come into this. And sometimes we expect it of ourselves to be, to be better. That's why if you're going to play in tournaments and stuff, you, it's, it's, this is not a game that, that you can just casually pick up and say, hey, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to score. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta work. You gotta work this game. You gotta, you gotta play it. Which brings us back to Tiger. You know, I, sometimes I just don't think. Now his body didn't didn't allow him. But even when his body was healthy, I don't think he played enough tournaments to keep himself hmm. where where he needed to be. He was working out like a well, yeah, like a beast. Man. Yeah, he's, he's he's working out, and and you know, you, you gotta work out, and you gotta keep yourself in shape. But at the same time, I I, I think you, it's a game you gotta play. Yeah. The uh, the practice element is something that I love. I was t- I've, I've played with I've played with a few of uh, I guess you never were teammates with Isringhausen or Edmonds, but uh, also Cardinal alumni, and uh, both can bomb it as you can imagine, mm-hmm. but like I was asking Edmonds, I said, "Oh, why don't we go out and play golf?" This was like a year ago, and he goes, "I I can't play anymore." And I go, "What do you mean you can't play anymore? I'm just no good at it, and it's too frustrating for me <laughs> to go out there." And I guess when you are at the level of of you and Jim in in baseball, um, I don't know if it's tougher than to go out there it's and a, not be. Yeah, it's t- I mean it's it's tough, but here again, you you do what you have to do if you're going to get better at it. Um, I think I would be willing to bet that, you know, Jim has a very busy life other than than golf, you right. know, because it's so time consuming. You know, he has young kids, and and um, 
think he just had a new baby. Yes, so, he did. Absolutely. So it, it's two very, of them, as a matter of fact. That's right. Yeah. Two of them. So that probably has a lot to do with it, mm. too, because I know that if we have time and if you're competitive as Jim was, then you do whatever you have to do to to get to where you need to get to yeah. if given time. Hey, that reminds me, when, when Edmonds and I were doing a show, you were kind enough to be a guest on the show, mm-hmm. and we were talking about him in the Hall of Fame. So this is 2014 yeah, before he's... It's crazy. I w- so you think it's crazy, too? I mean, I don't it, know if he's I, an automatic I, Hall of Famer, but I was stunned he didn't stay on the ballot. That, that He and Omar Vizquel, same way. Um, and, and I don't, you know, here again, it's hard to to figure out what it is that people are thinking, what it is they're watching. You know, because when you watch players like those two guys in particular who were very unique and very good at what they did, I think that um, they kind of changed the way, I think Hall of Famers changed the way people look at the game, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly had that type of impact on a game that could change the game from, from both sides. They were not one-dimensional players, right. you know, and we're slipping into baseball here. <laughs> I think the difference today with baseball players or teams today or players is the fact that it's okay to be one-dimensional today, whereas when we played, we were trying to be as well-rounded as we could be. I didn't want to be noted, notably just a uh, one-dimensional player. You know, I was asked yesterday, um, I was on a show somewhere and was asked, you know, um, you know what? Um, what 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 drove me to be a better offensive player? Well, why wouldn't you want to be a better offensive player? It helps your team, you know. So I want to be able to help from both sides. Mm-hmm. And you look at the people that in our generation that that played. You know, Tony Gwynn, for instance. When I had conversations with Tony, it was about how he wanted to be a Gold Glover. He wanted to win a gold glove, you know, whereas me, I wanted to win a silver slugger. Mm-hmm. You know, it was our thought process, you know, that, hey, if I'm good at this this aspect of it, it is, there's no reason with the hand and eye coordination that I had, there was no reason that I couldn't be a better offensive player if given the opportunity yeah. and the right tools to work with. Um, it, at that point, it's just a matter of how committed you want to be to um, – to your craft, you know, uh, I was asked a question about young shortstop like Andrelton Simmons. Well, how great Andrelton Simmons becomes or, or Lindor really depends on hard, how hard they're willing to work. You know, the, there has to be, just like we talked about with golf, there has to be some blood, some sweat, and some tears. Mm-hmm. And no success comes without that blood, the sweat, and the tears. And that commitment to be the best that you can be. And if it's the way you make your living, then why not put everything that you have in, in into that? Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Hope you're enjoying the conversation with Ozzie Smith. I know I enjoyed uh, doing the interview. And without Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, uh, we wouldn't have uh, a podcast. That's what it gets down to. We have loyal sponsors, and we ask you to be loyal to the sponsors. And here's a sponsor that my guess is you could absolutely use right now because I know I could have used Mark Hanna about 20 years ago. I messed up. Now, I don't know about you, but from my standpoint, I have a major regret about how I manage my money in my 20s and my 30s. I'm almost embarrassed by it. But there is someone who can help you. It doesn't matter if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies is the guy. I met with Mark, and I was thinking that it would be good to have a new sponsor on the podcast, but I want to find out if he knows what he's talking about. And sure enough, after talking to him, I was saying to myself, I wish I would have known Mark 20 years ago because I'd be in a different position now by managing my money more smartly than I did then. And that's the key that people don't think about when it comes to managing money. And it's so important. I sat with Mark. He opened up his iPad. He entered in the dollar figures. It could be your 401k. It could be for your savings. It could be for your investments. And he puts you and your family on the right path for what you want. He helps people every day and he helps everyday people. Build a strategy to get to their financial goals. He helps build a strategy to put your kids through college, to keep you from having to work until you're 95 years old, to not get blasted on taxes, and make sure your family is taken care of in case the unthinkable happens. His name is Mark Hanna. Give him a call at 314-889-0503 or check him out online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, 314-889-0503 
or check them out online at evergreenstl.com. Now, back to my conversation with Ozzie Smith. I saw Vince Coleman uh, interviewed this week as he goes into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And he said one of his theories as to, to why you see at least the game and the stolen base element of it uh, be reduced to, man, it's like nothing now, is because players become specialized in one sport, whereas you guys were playing a bunch of sports growing up. and Athleticism. You yeah, know, the athleticism you of it. Can, you can move from, should be able to move from one sport to another. Not be, You don't have to be great at it, but you figure out a way to, to make it. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with, with everybody. You can't take, you probably can't take, well, I don't know who, but you probably can't take a guy from some one sport and, and put him somewhere else. And those guys are one-dimensional right. guys right. Who, who couldn't do that. So we always wanted to be guys that if, if I moved from baseball to golf, I wanted to be decent. If I went from golf to basketball, I wanted to be decent. And not football, because I, you know, I, that might hurt. <laughs> but but you you always worked hard at at being the very best that you could be at whatever it is you chose to do in your life. I think uh, a lot of people in St. Louis right now go, "Why is the stolen base gone?" Because we saw what you guys did with those teams in the 1980s, and go, "That can win." Is that well, an outdated? No. Well, look at look at what's happening now. I think that what happened. With the club is they fell into the same rut that the rest of baseball fell into. It became this one-dimensional sport where we're now sitting around talking about launch angles. In, in baseball, what you want to do is you want to hit the ball hard. Now, what happens after that is neither here nor there. Your goal should be to hit the ball hard. You hit the ball hard. In baseball... If you swing down, your average goes up. You swing up, your average goes down. Hmm. Coefficient of restitution says that if you hit down on a ball is how you get the backspin. When you talk about launch angles, there's only one place on that plane that you're going to be able to hit that ball. The one, the one place on that plane. Yeah. Whereas if you're swinging down, you're going down through the ball, there's four or five angles at which you can hit. You, hmm. you can have success. Baseball. Hit, run, throw, catch. If I do those things more consistently than in my opposition, I'm going to win more games. I'm not saying that analytics aren't important. I think analytics give, it gives people jobs. But the <laughs> fact of the matter is baseball is still played on the field. You hit, you run, you catch, and you throw. You do that more consistently than your opposition, and you don't beat yourself, you're going to win more. And it's exactly what the Cardinals are doing now. They're they're not stagnated. They're now moving. Speed is a constant. It is a constant. So what this organization has always been able to do is draft players who were multi-talented players, who were not one-dimensional. Hence the reason that you have the consistency with winning. Because with speed you are then able to put pressure on a defense. And I speak from a, a position of a player who was a def- as a defensive player, when I had somebody who could run, there was more pressure on me to make the play and make the play cleanly. You cannot put pressure on a defense if you're striking out 15 to 20 times a game. Yeah. Yep. You're not, it's not a consistent uh, opportunity to win. It's not played that way. And what you see now is a direct protege in Mike Schilt of a George Kissel, who has always talked and stressed the importance of good sound fundamentals. You catch it, you throw it, you hit, and you run. Do that every day and watch what happens. Yeah, isn't it amazing? So as you see what's going on with this team, and I'm telling you, Ozzy, on July 31st, I had a conversation with John Mazzillic. I, I texted him at night because I was trying to understand what the logic was of the trade deadlines. I saw they moved Tommy Pham like at 10 o'clock in the morning, St. Louis time. And I'm thinking, oh, man, they're going to sell. Pham's the first move. And then that was pretty much it. And so I texted Mazzillic. I said, just so I have a better understanding when I'm on the air, I want to hear what you have to say as to what the thought process was because I don't want to pop off when I don't know what I'm talking about because I do plenty of that. So he calls me at 11 o'clock. He goes, well, the thought process was we want to give some of these young guys a chance to see what they can do, and then we'll reassess where we are, you know, in the off season. 
And I said, well, I was kind of wondering if you th gave any thought to trade in Carpenter or Ozuna just because, you know. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, we, st we think we can still win. I said, in 2018, he goes, yeah, if we get hot, but we just want to see what we can do with these young players when we give them a chance. That was July 31st. They were hovering around 500. If you would have given me 20 to 1 on the Cardinals being 10 games over 500 on August 15th, I, would, I wouldn't have taken it. Yeah. And yet here they are. So when you observe this and you know what it takes to win, have been part of world champion, the pennant winners, what are you seeing is the difference between the team that we saw in June that was really kind of boring and frustrating to watch and the team that we've seen win, what, at this point, as you and I are sitting here, eight series in a row? How do you spell chemistry? I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> Most people would say C-H-E-M-I-S-T-R-Y. Right. W-I-N, chemistry. When you win, when you win, all other things are put aside. That's why it's important in spring training to develop that 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 habit of winning. That's it starts in spring training. Yeah, you want to get your work in and all that stuff, but, but at the same time, you want to win. Because that that lends to that chemistry that you need during the course of the season and players believing in each other. Now you got a situation, and nothing against Mike Matheny because Mike is a super guy. But the team became stagnated. They weren't moving. The team is now moving. There is movement. And because they are now moving, so is their place in the standings. Mm -hmm. It's what we are accustomed to here. There's a whole lot has changed, I mean, other than the fa some of the faces out there, but baseball still has to be played the same way. You cannot continually beat yourself and expect to contend. you got to be able to catch it, throw it, hit, and run. And when you do that and you don't beat yourself, you give yourself a chance to win. This is not Chinese arithmetic, folks. <laughs> It's real simple. You do those little things day in and day out. Now, it's important for a manager to be able to know how to use his pitching staff and his and, and his bullpen, which is kind of the real challenge, you know, because you got to protect guys, and uh, that's that's a real balancing act there. But you get yourself a good closer, get yourself a good starter who's going to give you five to six strong innings, mm -hmm. preferably seven right. or eight to where you don't kill your bullpen. That you got a chance. You got to you, you got to keep your players, and this is an understanding of a manager. You got to keep your players in a position to be successful. Know what they can and cannot do, what pressures they can and can't, they can and can't stand, where they where they fit, and if you get guys to understanding what their roles are, and they buy into it, good things happen. Here, these guys are now. They're starting to believe. They're starting to believe as they should have been believing right from the start that we got a chance, yeah. especially in this division. Especially in this league. Yeah. They're one, as we're talking, they're one game shy of having the most wins in the National yes. League. I mean, where did that come from? You would have told me that three it's weeks ago. It's just getting on those streaks. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about great hitters. What makes them great hitters besides the fact they got better vision than everybody mm -hmm. else is the fact that they don't stay in prolonged slumps. Mm. They don't stay in long slumps. Yeah, we all slump. We all go through it. But you got to understand how to fight and get your way out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the thing that we try and you try and teach young players. Success, the success on the ball inside comes from your ability to be able to hit the ball outside, the ball away. When you show them that you can hit the ball that way, right. now they're thinking changes they say well i got him looking out there now i can get him in here that's when you do damage mm -hmm. but you got to set it up you can't go up there thinking that you're a power hitter when you're not a power hitter you can have some success on the inside for a day or a week maybe even a month but you got to realize where your strength lies and if you're not a guy who's going to hit 40, 35, or 40 home runs, you're not a power hitter. So your success is going to come from the left field line 
around to the right field line. But thinking more from the left field line to center field, you got more success in that area than you do of strictly trying to pull the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. And I've never really heard it laid out that way. But like you said, it isn't Chinese arithmetic. It, it, it's it's kind of logical, actually. It's very simple when you keep it in simple terms. We've taken this game, and we've allowed people who haven't played the game to tell us how the game is or what the game is all about. The game is about catching, hit, run, throw. Don't beat yourself. you got a chance to win. Do you think Mike Schilt is the guy? Yeah, I, I think that uh, I've, I've had a chance to spend a lot of time with Mike Schilt. That's why I know that Mike Schilt... You knew him well before Right, that he understands. You know, when I started going back to spring training, he was one of the guys I spent a lot of time with. And, and, and the whole time, he's picking my brain on, on baseball. He's worked under George Kissel. So I know that Mike Schilt has what it takes, and you're seeing it. He has one of the most successful records in his first four or five oh, weeks yeah, than anybody in baseball. Ridiculous. And against winning teams, for it's the it's, most that's part, exactly. minus that Marlins-Royals week. I mean, these are all playoff competitors. That's that right. And, and the bottom line is that what you try and do from the start of the season, from spring training to the start of the season, you try and win two out of every three games you play. Well, you got to find a way. It used to always bug me. They said, well, we lost 15 one-run ball games. That just means that you found a way to lose. Your good clubs find a way to win those one-run ball games, and that's what's going on right now. If I, the Cardinals were up three to one in the sixth inning, I'd go, "Oh God, here, I know it's coming. The bullpen's going to lose it, and they're going to lose the game." And now I go to bed last night. They're playing the Dodgers. They're up, I think, three to one. I'm like, "I'm going to wake up. They're going to have won. They're finding ways to there win." You go. And it's you an see, amazing it changes. Thing. It changes even the thought process of the people, of the fan base, the, the fan base. Yeah, and that's a phenomenal thing. You mentioned chemistry. Chemistry spelled win. I love that. I'm going to be ripping that off, okay. just so you know. Go ahead. You, you, go ahead. you <laughs> hey, can, I came you up can with use something, it. everybody. You, you can use it. The Hall of Fame writer. If you, did you guys have good chemistry in the teams that won pennants? Think about it. <laughs> I would assume so, but I mean, I wasn't. The know. chemistry was always good. Yeah. And you know, one of the good the things that Whitey was good at, or good managers, they find a bad apple and they get rid of it. Yeah. It may be unpopular, but they get rid of the bad apple. And that's one of the, the things as as a manager you have to be good at. You have to be sharp at. Yeah, it's a tough move. Can be unpopular with the fan that's, base. You don't want to you don't want to dress them down publicly. Exactly. So you got to make it's a, a move. That, it's a balancing. Yeah. Apple. What, what's a bad apple doing at clubhouse? Undermine the manager? Take well, shots at teammates? I mean, what goes? Yeah, on? I mean, it's just it makes people uncomfortable. Mm. And you don't you don't want that you don't you don't want that type of environment. You want an open environment. You have an you you want an open door policy, where you if I make a move you understand why I'm making the move, um, and, and Whitey was great at that. Yeah. Joe Torre was good at that. You know, at, at explaining, hey, this is why I'm doing it. Good managers have that knack or that ability to communicate, and sometimes as, as players, their level of greatness will. Uh, their level of greatness will not allow them to be great managers because their level of expectation is a lot greater than the average. Mm. That's why you don't see a lot of Hall of Famers being great managers. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, my logic would tell me that they made enough money and they don't want to mess around with it, but you're saying that's there's... Part yeah. that, I mean, now that's part of it. Now it is. Now it is. Yeah, now that's is. part of it, but... The bottom line is that when you when you are great at what you do, there's a reason for that. So you expect a lot more of you than than people do. Ozzy Smith, the guest this week on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, and James Carlton, the sponsor that has been with us from the very beginning, and we're very grateful because we're approaching a year of this, and we'd never have made it without our loyal sponsors. And James Carlton knew. He said, listen, I think you're going to do something that uh, people are really going to get on board with, and I want to be on board with it from the very beginning. Well, guess what? Now I'm on board with James Carlton. And here, when you're in the business that that we're in, you want advertisers. You never want to be endorsing something that you're going, oh, in the back of your mind, this guy's sketchy or this product's sketchy. But I, I made sure to go by James' office before I started doing endorsements, uh, made sure to get to know him. 
because I don't want to be vouching for somebody. If I'm thinking of back of my mind, this guy isn't going to be good for my listeners. And now I've gotten to know James and I'm thrilled that I have, because even if there was no podcast, I'd be interested in making sure that James Carlton's my guy. That's how much I think of him. 314-961-4800 or online at carltoninsurance.net. His name is James Carlton, whether it be for home, whether it be for auto, whether it be for life insurance. This is the person you want to be with. He is a State Farm insurance agent, and he will take great care of you and your family. Look at the reviews he gets on Facebook and on Google. I, oh, you're that excited about your insurance agent? Okay, you must be really bored. But then you do business with him, and you're going, this guy's really good. James Carlton, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. You make the switch, they do all the work for you. Give him a call, see and experience the difference. 314-961-4800, carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. The fan base here, I felt like over the last couple of years, and I don't really know what it was, I feel like, I, I mentioned this to John Mazalek, both in his office and when we were down at spring training, and I felt like there was um, angst, I guess is the word I would use, going into this year that hadn't been around for a good long while. And I feel like certainly the fan base is back on board, but I think part of it has been there have been a few free agents or players like John Carlos Stanton who could have come here but chose to go elsewhere, whereas dating back to 1997, the year after you retired, and McGuire comes here and then he signs, then you have Edmonds and Roland and Holiday. players were choosing to either come to St. Louis or stay in St. Louis, and now I think with part of the self-image, I think contributed to in, in part by Ferguson, in part by the Rams, the MLS stadium vote, it's like now even ball players aren't choosing to come here. What do you think about free agency in St. Louis, and is it an uphill climb right now from a player's perspective? You know, Tim, I, I've not given a whole lot of thought to that because the bottom line to me is to win. I think with Giancarlo Stanton, the lights of New York. Now, I, I think that that's that that's a, a that's a big that's a big draw for mm -hmm. people um, because when you play in a place like that and you have success, success comes off the field as well. You oh, know, yeah, the glamour, absolutely. the glamour that comes with wearing the Yankee pinstripes. And he was that type of player that if he does half of what he had done as a as a Marlin, that spelled success and it spells, right. spells dollars away from the field. So you're going to be able to make a lot more. He was going to be able to make a lot more money away from it, uh, um, away from the field in New York as opposed to a place like St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know that for sure because I've never really spoken to him about why he would not choose a place like this because I think this has always been a place where we're looked upon here in this place as a baseball mecca, a chance to win. So um, as far as free agents and stuff, now here again, you've got to be able to sell it. Yeah, we know it in general that, hey, it's a good baseball town, but you still got to be able to sell it. And, um, and, and, and that guys know that, hey, there's, that it's much more than just money. Yeah. And I think if you look at players and, and stuff, Vince, for, you mentioned Vince yeah. a minute ago, looking back on it, the grass is always greener on the other side. Oh, and how he talked about his Mets decision. The decision. If he had to do it over again, you know where you know where he would have stayed. Yeah, absolutely. But it's all part of the learning process, and um, you know you just you go with your gut at that time, and at the time it 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 seemed like the right thing to do. But you look at him now, and you say, hey, you know this was the best place for me. Yeah. I think he was told that at that particular time, but the, the grass seemed greener on the other side. Were you ever close to leaving? Ever, there ever, were a couple ever? times. Really? There, there were a couple times. Wow. You know, I became a free agent late late in my career. And um, and stuff, but you know that's happened. That's that's part of it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at where the Cardinals are right now, and and part of it you made a reference to. You know, certainly the roster has changed a bit, but Mike Schilt has the team not playing stagnant. And one of the guys that when they signed him, I was excited about it because I felt like he was going to bring personality. And um, I believe uh, I think it's spring training, his first year. You, you went out to dinner with Dexter Fowler, told him about St. Louis, the experience, and just unfortunately. It just, at this moment anyway, he's still got three more years left under contract. It hasn't worked out. Have you 
had no i haven't had a chance to uh to to speak to dexter and i and i don't know i don't know exactly what is what has transpired it's going a little off track here for whatever and, and for whatever reasons but i don't think that it would take much to get him back to where he needs to be um with this club because I think, you know, last year was a decent year for him. Yeah, you, certainly can get a, you can certainly get a lot more out of um, but production-wise, you could probably get a lot more, you know, uh, concentrating on a few things. But let's see what happens when he comes back. If he comes back this year, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up on his ability to be able to help this club win. Mm-hmm. because he can certainly be a big part of that. I think he wants to be a part of it. And, um, you know, we just chalk it up to experience, and hopefully the experience that he's gone through now is going to make him grow as a player and as a person, and he'll come back with a with a great attitude and um, want to be a part of what's happening with this club now. Yeah, he seems like a really likable, smart yeah. guy, and I think the organization was looking to inject a likable, smart, also mm-hmm. African-American player. Yes, and I think that's smart. I mean, I, I, you know, as, as I grew up in South City, mm-hmm. not exactly the most diverse place right. in the world. And I heard some things that I was like, what is this about? And I'm eight years old. I'm like, I love I love the Lakers, which was really so weird as an Irish guy. <laughs> they were going back and forth. Yeah. I love Ozzie Smith, yeah, yeah. Willie McGee, that's and Vince right. Coleman. Yeah. And, and I... I what do I, and I love powder blue jerseys. jerseys that's yeah, it. that's what I like. And so I didn't understand all this stuff, but now who like, knows? Girl, maybe they're coming back. I would love that. And maybe like, they're coming God, back. You never that. know. Retire Willie's fifty-one yeah. and bring back the powder, powder blue, blue jerseys, jerseys. And I'm done. Life is good. Yeah. Life. <laughs> but is I look good. at that and I go, you know, we do have an issue here. I think it's healthy to talk about it. And I hate that a very likable, intelligent man who could have gone to Dartmouth, mm-hmm. by the way, right. uh, was labeled as like a malcontent coming in because he was asked a question about how immigration reform impacts his wife, which was a material thing. And then it gets off to a bad start, even though he did put up in 2017 good numbers. And I don't want that to be representative to other potential African-American well, I think it's the environment. I, I think the, it's the environment in which we live when, you know, people don't stop and put themselves in other people's shoes. You know, we go through our lives, and sometimes we just live through playing baseball. You know, the the baseball game, and that's all you. That's all. That's all we want. You know, just give me my baseball and all of that other stuff. And and it's the great thing about sport. It brings people together, and it allows you to not have to deal with all of the other stuff that goes on in the world. And. When you start bringing all of the politics and all of that stuff into it, it gets very complex. My relationship with my baseball team should be here in this city. And I shouldn't allow outside sources to tell me about my team and and how my team should be put together or or what they should or should not be doing. So it's the politics that, that... that ruins everything. When politics come into play, it mm-hmm. just ruins everything. We're in an environment where it's very hard for everybody to, the relationship that you have with, between a black and a white person. We're now in a position where we have to question, you know, whether or not that person is the same person that I used to know. Mm-hmm. And it's bad. Because you should never have to do that when you're when we're talking about just treating people the way you want to be treated, knowing the difference between right and wrong. So it's unfortunate, but this too will pass. Mm-hmm. And I hope that people learn from this and 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 realize that hey, you take people for who they are, the relationship that you have with them, and don't let other people influence you or tell you, you know, how this person is. Right. I agree with you on that. And then it takes us back to where we started, uh, which is the PGA Championship, PGA Golf. And and, and I, uh, I was on the range the morning of the final round, just in heaven. It was a field of dreams moment. Oh, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it was pretty special. Oh my it was God. Crazy. And it somehow they weren't letting people out there. And I probably let you out there. They wouldn't let me. Out. <laughs> yeah. 
But they finally go, okay, fine, you can go out there. And I'm standing next to Al McKinnis, who's a Bell Reeve guy. That's right. And we're just, we're just BSing. I mean, there's Tiger in front of us, Fowler's in front of us, Roms. I'm in all the final group, which mm-hmm. was star-studded with Kepkin yeah. and Adam Scott. And he goes, you know what? I hope Tiger wins. It's going to be great for him to win here. But he goes, this has been so great because St. Louis really needed a shot in the arm. And I think with that event, Ozzy told people was it gave people a sense of confidence that we can do great things here. It doesn't have to be limited to the baseball team. And I thought that was one of the best takeaways from it outside of how exciting it was in the competition and Tiger walking over that bridge that, that, hey, you know, why not us? It was people coming together. And And that's really what it's all about. It's one of the reasons that guys stay here in this community. Because, you know... Without outside influences, people, for the most part, we get along. It works. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one of the main reasons that I'm still here. So it's about people yeah. and enjoying people and, and, and taking people for, for who and what they are. You're doing so much and still being a part of the community, and I want to make sure I make, uh, get this out to our audience. It's called uh, the PGA Reach Golf Tournament and Gala. It's October 7th and 8th. The Ritz-Carlton, October 7th, is the gala, and then special guests Marcus Allen and Eric Dickerson. The golf's October 8th. The Country Club of St. Albans. Go to ozzysmithgolf.com to sign up. Uh, let our audience know what you have going on with that event. Well, you know, what I've been able to do through our PGA Reach Foundation is uh, I've tried to bring people here that our great sports fans don't have a chance to see on an everyday basis. My first guest was, and, and people love this this part of it, it was a, just a sit-down between me, Hank Aaron, oh. Dr. J, Ooh. Bo Jackson. Um, I did Reggie and Bob Gibson together because they did a book called 50, 60 Feet, 6 Inches. Eddie Murray and Cal Ripken, they played together in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So our sit-downs the night before the din- the at best. the dinner is it, it's, it's open, it's honest. Them sitting down, having a conversation with me, as opposed to having a conversation with you, the difference is that they know that there's no ulterior motive. Right. And they have the freedom to say, what it is they think and feel. And so it's very open. It's, um, it's a fun time, and it gives people the opportunity. We give people the opportunity at the end to, to ask certain questions and stuff, and it's just been a, it's just been a wonderful um, way to, to open people up to, to, to other, other great stars. And uh, most of them have been Hall of Famers, Robin, Robin Young. Wow. You know, so it, it, it's, it's been great this year. As you mentioned, it's Marcus and, and Eric Dickerson, who are two of the greatest running backs oh, that the yeah. game has ever seen. And, oh, oh. you know, hearing Bo Jackson talk about jumping over Volkswagens and <laughs> all that stuff was, was, was pretty neat. And hear Dr. J talk about, you know, this place in New York where all the great players went to play and, you know, going there and the, and the people on the rooftops, you know, because Doc's coming. Yeah. Doc's going to be here today. I, I mean, it's it's those type of stories that if you're a sports fan, you know, that really, really pique your interest and gives you a, an insight into, you know, what their lives were really like. Yeah, that's cool. Man. Growing up and stuff. And I thought that that was when, when I started this thing here and started inviting people, I told them that Hank Aaron was the first guest that we had. And I said, guys, I don't know where we go from here because we, <laughs> when you start at the top, yeah, you know, when you when you're at the top. So now I found myself in this precarious situation of trying to, you know, figure out well who who do I who do I bring next? Um, but the guys have all been very very responsive and they've been great in in our conversations and stuff. And so uh, it's going to be held at the Ritz Carlton. This will be our first time at the Ritz, um, October seventh. And then we play golf at St. Albans on the 8th. Oh, that's strong. Once again, go to ozzysmithgolf.com. Have you played with Marcus? you played with Marcus. I've I, played with Marcus. I beat him all the time. <laughs> I beat Marcus, too. Did, did, I beat him did all the time. a couple time. weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I beat him. And it's like his home track, too, yeah. that, I, that I beat him. Um, he yeah, texted he me play. the other day, you know, we're going to play Bell Reeve here when I get uh, 
when I get back, I got to go somewhere this week, but mm-hmm. when I get back, I'm going to beat him up out there, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of got a little Furica oh, yeah, pitch he, or something. I'm going to tell he, you, he's worked on, he's really worked on his swing. Yeah. You know, he's really, he's, he, his, his contact and stuff is much better now, but, uh, that doesn't make any difference. <laughs> uh, I'm going to beat up on it. What, what, you played Bellary, what, in the last? Uh, what is today? Today is Wednesday. Wednesday, the 22nd, as we sit here. I, I played Tuesday. I oh, so just yesterday? No, no, uh, Monday. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I played, I was lucky enough to play it the day after. You got to oh, play it like the pro. That's right. And okay. I'm like, I played with a guy, and I'm like, I really want to play the tips. I might shoot 130. But I really want to play the tips. Tell me, was it work? That's work. I shot forty-five on the back. That's I and mean, I felt like forty-five. That's good. I'm telling you. That's and that was with a birdie falling out of the back 45. of the hole on seventeen. I'm like Tiger. I, you couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it really is. Uh, it it really is work when you're hitting from back where the, where they're oh hitting. My God. You know, driver three would on par fours. Yeah, and still not getting there. That's, that's, and then you're playing the rough like you're playing out of the sand because it's like open up the club face. And tell you what, folks, if he <laughs> shot forty-five, he chipped and putted. You, <laughs> I you, did do all right. No three putts. There you no go. Three putts, and that's the key. But uh, how did you do when you played it? Did you play? You play play? No, 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 no. I'm I'm 63 years old. I ain't playing from nobody's tips anymore. (laughs) They say at 60 you could play the white tees. That's where I'm playing. No, we we actually played the green. We actually played the green tees, and uh, we only played nine, and I shot uh, 40. I think. Yeah. Yeah, It was pretty cool though when people are leaving. They're going. St. Louis needs another event. Another event. How great is that? That's what I mean. That's really what it's all about, and we're hoping that. They now see that the world now see that we're we're great we're baseball town and that always will be, but we're a great sports town. You know the Rams left here, but that was a business decision that they made. I think the people supported them. I had nine tickets myself, wow. so I know we supported uh, the Rams. That was just a business decision they made to move. Um, the Blues, of course, are always supported very well here, and uh, I think that golf will would be supported very well here as well. Now, we have had the senior championship at Boone Valley, and the ladies were at uh, Forest Hills. Forest Hills, and then one year at Fox Run. At Fox Run. Yeah. So um, we're here. Um, I think we proved that, that with the 100th PGA Championship that we could we would support uh, golf in this city, so hopefully we'll get a, get an opportunity to prove that. I hope so. Ozzy, uh, thank you for all of your work on playing a role in bringing it here, because that gave so many people one of their best sports memories. They're alive. No, it's I don't great. Think expecting it. It's great walking around and oh, hearing God, the excitement the that it created. I still look at highlights, man. I still, I still, you know, <laughs> it's incredible. Love the conversation. Thanks so much for the time. All right. Thank you, too. So there it is, my conversation with Ozzy Smith, the Hall of Famer, uh, who has a great event coming up. Uh, I got to tell you something. I'm intrigued by attending that one to listen to Marcus Allen and uh, Eric Dickerson talk about their careers at the Ritz-Carlton on October 7th and uh, and then play at St. Albans on October 8th. Uh, and you can find out more about it. Sign up for it at ozzysmithgolf.com. Man, I love that conversation. I hope you did uh, enjoy it as much as, as I did because it was you know, sometimes you don't know if a guest is going to be engaged, and uh, and he was engaged from start to finish, and that winds up getting you know answers that you maybe wouldn't have otherwise gotten, and it was fascinating. I mean, that was really, uh, you know, informative, but informative with some stories of experiences, uh, both in the game of golf and also baseball. And I think if there's something that I take away from it. Because uh, it, it applies to what he experienced in 82 and 85 and 87 and to a lesser extent in 96. Um, and then what we're seeing as we speak with whatever is going on with the Cardinals in 2018, which couldn't surprise me more. Uh, and that is, how do you spell chemistry? And I knew it was a trick question. So uh, he answered it on my behalf. And that was W-I-N. And I mean, it's a great answer. Because you do look at the Cardinals right now, and you go, man, these guys really seem to be into it. Whereas just a couple months ago, you go, boy, this is brutal. They know they're up in the sixth inning, and they have a feeling they're going to lose. Um, and certainly, he is very high on... sounds like he's high on Mike Shilton. It's not necessarily critical of Mike Matheny, as he was clear to point out. But 
the style of baseball. And that's an interesting tie there. You know, Matheny was a Cardinal, but he, you know, he was, he came over here as a free agent in 2000 and then just got the job for the 2012 season. So he didn't come up through the system, the system that has this proven success, which does go back to George Kissel, which was originally what the Cardinal way was about. It's now been hijacked into talking about morals and some corners talking about religion when it has nothing to do with either one of those things. It's a style of playing fundamentally sound and efficient, optimal baseball. That's what the Cardinal way is. Um, But that was, that was an angle to this that I hadn't thought about. And when you have somebody like Ozzy, who you know is close with Willie McGee and who's part of the coaching staff raving about Mike Schilt. I think that tells you quite a bit. Um, and so talking with Ozzy about golf, the PGA Championship, his role in it, and then also um, the Cardinals currently and the Cardinals of the 80s and hitting angles and the Hall of Fame and free agency and Dexter Fowler and getting just honest thoughts on it all. I loved it. I loved it. That, that's one that I'll probably go back and uh, listen to myself. Which, uh, which I don't do all the time, but I really just enjoyed it. And there was so much in there as far as knowledge on the game, both on golf and on baseball, that uh, really enjoyed that conversation. So thank you so much to Ozzie Smith for coming into the HomeLoanExpert.com studios and spending time with us. And as always, uh, thank you to uh, the listeners and the sponsors for making the whole thing possible. Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com. Mark Hanna, our guest sponsor of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. James Carlton of State Farm Insurance. Johnny Londoff, Chevrolet, I-270 in the Washington Elizabeth exit. That's where you will find Johnny Londoff Chevrolet. And 24-7, you'll find him at Londoff.com. It's where my wife got her cars, where we'll be getting our cars from now on. Really appreciate the Londoff family and the way they do business. Johnny Londoff Chevrolet. And then all of our video clips that you will see on my Twitter account at T. McKernan or at Tim McKernan Show or on Facebook on the TMA fan page, the Tim McKernan Show Facebook page. Those are presented by Seth Goldcamp and his great staff at Design Air Heating and Cooling. Ozzy Smith, our guest today, really enjoyed the conversation. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you for listening as always. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios on the Inside STL Podcast Network.